Not much to carry, sir. I'm Lieutenant Flynn. Good to meet you, sir. Flynn smiled mirthlessly. We both know that's not true. Yes, sir. We also both know you're in a lot of trouble with the brass. Yes, sir. The lieutenant led the way to the door. Have you ever served under General Whitcomb? No, sir. I've never had the pleasure. See, that's your mistake, Top. The general is only pleasurable to work for when you're not embarrassing him. Yes, sir. I'll keep that in mind, sir. Compartment 683, TAOPHQ, Terran Army Off-Planet Headquarters. 0943 hours, Zulu time. Uncomfortable, hungover, hungry, and irritated that he was kept waiting, but knowing that the brass dragged their feet to remind a disobedient non-com of the chain of command, Sage sat in the lobby and tried to think about other things. Instead, he thought about the fact that he'd missed breakfast, and how much work he had ahead of him on Macomb. Part of him looked forward to the challenge of the posting, but the other part still felt offended that he'd been sent to the planet instead of the front lines. As Anders had pointed out, someone with the amount of time he had in deserved more preferential treatment. The challenge wasn't just that the planet was green. Nearly all the soldiers on planet were green as well, because anyone with experience was on the front lines of the war, getting chewed to bits on a regular basis by the Frenorians. Not many soldiers lived these days with the experience he had. Young soldiers looked at him like he was something out of myth, or like he was a pariah from the apocalypse. He was alive because he was good at what he did, and because he was lucky. Young soldiers just interpreted that any way they wanted. The brass didn't want to field a man others would follow because they thought he was supernaturally protected, and soldiers didn't want to follow a man who had whole squads around him killed while he still lived. Sage blanked that out of his mind. Thinking like that only made him more dissatisfied with his posting. A collection of campaign booty occupied the walls, three-dimensional images of battle scenes from Kauld, Nostan, Valik, and other places shared space with pieces of Frenorian armor. Closer to Mel HQ, such things wouldn't have been allowed. But out here on the fringe systems, the rules were different. Things got more primordial. Soldiers reverted to a more savage state. That came with living with a constant fear of getting killed. Other tridy images showed soldiers fighting the massive hordes of the Frenorians. Seeing the huge bipedal scorpions covered in blue and purple scales, sporting four lesser arms, along with the two main ones that ended in pincers, the resemblance to the Terran insect made even more uncanny by the long, wicked tails they had, reminded Sage of all the battles he'd been in. Frenorians were humanoid at first glance, but that wasn't their true nature. They were insectoid and had very little comparable DNA to Terrans. Their culture resembled colony insects as well, developed into stratas and substratas based on pecking orders psyops still hadn't completely deciphered. The Frenorians were chitin-covered killing machines, some of the best Sage had ever seen. He'd survived confrontations with them by being smart and lucky. He was one of the most learned hand-to-hand -hand combat people he knew, 
and that was just the simple truth of the matter. He'd learned through battle and by being observant. He'd fought hard, gave war everything he had, because he didn't want to die and didn't want to see his men killed around him. No matter how hard a sergeant tried, he couldn't teach that to guys in boot. A stingtail's barb was poisonous and caused general incapacitation and probable death for anyone not equipped with an antidote. Fighting one of them was like fighting a man with an extra limb. The only training a soldier could get for that was fighting one of the enemy. Then it was just a matter of adjusting quickly or dying. The young corporal manning the front desk of the general's office was only mildly distracting. She was blonde and pretty, little more than half Sage's age, and extremely efficient as she plowed through subspace transmissions and worm wave communications that fired through Oakfield gates and provided almost in